241. It's Wednesday, which means it's time for an emergency podcast. The Phoenix Suns have waived Chris Paul, so you're getting a mid-afternoon dose of John and Matthew. Matthew, where were you when you heard that the Suns waived Chris Paul? I was working. You were at home. (laughs) Yeah, I was working at home. And uh, you know what, Jamsters? We do work. It's just, you know, Suns come first, right? (laughs) Yes. Suns, then, then God, and then the rest. Sons, God, country. Yes, in that order. And then family. I guess it's sons, God, family, country. I can go with that. Yeah, let's do that. And Chris Paul is now last on that list. He's no longer a member of this team. Yeah, just like you working, uh, literally, you know, helping out, doing some orientation stuff uh, at a local hotel here, downtown Phoenix. And I just got off a long phone call with a buddy of mine, you know, talking some some structural things that are happening at the corporate level uh and then i look down and all sons is like boop chris haynes says that the phoenix suns are waving chris paul and there you go that's that's how it goes so for those of you who don't know chris haynes tweeted out today that the phoenix suns have notified star chris paul that he will be waived making the future hall of famer one of the top free agents this offseason league sources tell nba on tnt and bleacher report so Matthew, initial reactions. What are you thinking? It was kind of shocking at first to be waived, and then all of a sudden I'm like, well, you know what? It makes sense because we went through the whole trade thing last podcast, and we're not going to get a lot. We threw some random stuff out there, but we weren't going to get a lot back. I think this is a way just to get rid of them. Uh, You can re-sign them, of course. Uh, We were talking about before the podcast, but to me, and I think it's been verified too by Gamble, where he says that he probably wants to make more money, and Mm -hmm. that's that makes sense. Somewhere else, uh, he was always going to probably be somewhere else next year. Us actually talking about DeAndre Aiden talking ourselves back into him. He'll probably be back for sure. So Chris Paul definitely has to be out of Phoenix heading into next season. Um, it does it does initially kind of suck um, a little bit, but you just know the dip was so bad last year that coming into this year, you just can't have him as your starting point guard, right? Yes and no. Yes and no. I, I think we both talked about when we did our podcast on Monday how if the Phoenix Suns are going to let go of one of their two assets that aren't Devin Booker or Kevin Durant, that Chris Paul most likely would have been that asset. He's a thirty-eight-year-old, a thirty-eight-year-old point guard who, as you noted, had is declining and declining pretty bad. Unfortunately, you know, cerebrally he's there, but physically he's not. And as you navigated the last three postseasons in each one of those for the Phoenix Suns, a Chris Paul injury has occurred and it might've cost them their series against Denver. Who knows? Because he was starting to cook a little bit in that game three when he got injured. And then from there on out, the Phoenix Suns were kind of lost. So I am thankful that they decided to release him after we did the trade machine Chris Paul and we explored all those different options because from a programming standpoint uh, it would have been a nightmare trying to figure out what to do on Monday but we're doing DeAndre Ayton come Monday Uh, but yeah I think when you look at the totality of this transaction there's multiple questions that can be answered and and a lot of people are talking about it in the chat Uh, and again thank you to everyone who's joining us live uh, or watching later listening at a different time and participating those live in the chat, you know, everyone's saying, you know, Huebo in the chat, what's all this talk about stretching? <laughs> and I think he's being facetious because stretching could actually hurt Chris Paul. Uh, Saltiest Gaming, he says, is he getting stretched? Uh, Los Suns agree he will sign cheaper. So if you guys are wondering about kind of the mechanics behind all of this, essentially what the Phoenix Suns have done is they've waived Chris Paul prior to June 24th. And June 24th is when his uh, salary would have been guaranteed 
for next season. He was set to make $30.8 million in 23-24, but that contract is only guaranteed for $15.8 million uh, if he's waived from the roster before the 24th of this month. So now that they've waived him, they have the option, the Suns as an organization, of stretching the cap hit over the next five seasons with 3.16 million annual hits from 2023 to 2028. So in that case, Chris Paul, he just got $15.8 million from the Suns. They're paying him that money right now. They're going to, by waiving him, they're paying him that 15.8 guaranteed money. What wasn't fully guaranteed obviously was the back end of that contract. And the Suns, even though they're paying all that money up right now, from a cap hit standpoint, it's going to be stretched over the next five years. Do you think that's a smart move or do you think that, they should have said, hey, you know what? Let's try to explore the trade market, see if we can get some assets in return. What do you think? I don't know if it's smart or not. Um, probably a bad guy to ask that. But what I'm thinking is the way HBA is and the way things have been run right now, I know it took a little bit to get the coach, but I think they're just kind of getting everything out of the way, heading into the offseason as quickly as possible. I think they knew Chris Paul was going to probably linger if there was going to be a trade or anything like that, but they kind of want to probably just get rid of this, uh, this point guard that's not going to be back next year and just have them kind of move out and just be like, all right, well, we're going to like basically ease our mind in a way where next year we know for sure you're not going to be back unless you were to resign on waivers, but it's just kind of getting things out of the way quickly. That's mm -hmm. how I feel. This is why it's been done. Um, you know, it's, it's the way I feel like Matt Ishbia does work. And I think he's just like, come on, let's go, let's go, let's go, let's go. Like he said, the 24th, it's only the seventh. Yeah, so you would think, and I think the way the Suns used to used to handle things, it would be like the day before or the day of. You know what I mean? Nothing would actually happen. But Michigan is just like, like, get it done. First day in the office, get KD. So I think it's just get it out of the way. Just say like, all right, you can go sign with who you want, and I think that's good for Chris Paul as well. Well, and there's a couple other things at play here. If you think about it, he can resign with the Phoenix Suns for a veteran minimum deal. So knowing that he's going to make the the fifteen point eight million dollars this year are already guaranteed, and then he comes back on a veteran minimum deal, he's going to end up making I think around like nineteen million in that scenario if that's what he was to choose to do. The other things that the Phoenix Suns have allowed themselves to do in this situation as they try to free up cap space and try to uh, get themselves ready for potentially maybe a move up in the NBA draft. You know, maybe a little DeAndre Ayton over there to Charlotte and get Scoot Henderson on this team kind of thing. I don't know. Uh, after Frank Vogel's uh, press conference yesterday, I don't think that DeAndre Ayton's going anywhere. But even with Chris Paul gone, this team, with all of their guaranteed money, is still in a in a rough spot, if you think about it, because they don't have a, a ton of cap, a cap space. If you look at the combination of Kevin Durant, Devin Booker, and DA plus all the smaller contracts of Landry Shamit, Campaign, Ish Wainwright, that still puts the Suns over the projected salary cap of 134 million, even if they stretch Paul's contract this offseason. So waving Payne, who is two million guaranteed, and, and Ish Wainwright, who's not guaranteed, only barely drops the Suns under the cap and leaves them with less than the mid-level exception, which is eleven million a year, if they just stay with those six remaining players. So I'll ask you this question. Do you think that the Suns or do you think Chris Paul is willing to say, OK, yeah, I, I agree to this, Matt Ishbia. I agree to this, James Jones. Go ahead. Cut me, wave me, and I'm going to sign back on that veteran minimum deal. Or is he going to say, I'm, I got 15 eight in the bank. I'm at the back end of my career. I'm going to go test the market and somebody else is going to pay me more. Yeah, yeah, he's going to test it. He's going to get his money and he's going to go somewhere else. That's how I see it. I see there's other teams out there that can use him as a starting point guard. 
Uh, the Suns are going to roll into next season as using if they want DeAndre Ayton, they'll have him, KD, and Booker as the big three, and then just kind of work around that with the smaller contracts. I think that's really what they're going to move towards. It's not going to be like another guy like where we're looking at DeRozan and all stuff, guys like that, another superstar. They're not going to probably add anybody else this offseason, it looks like. And if they're going to say like, hey, Chris Paul, you know, we're going to waive you, test the market, I think that's good. I don't think it's anything that's like um, – I don't think it's a bad move on the sun's end. It doesn't look kind of cheap or anything. I think it's just something to actually kind of help him out. Cause he's going to make more money. Um, everything that he's done for this franchise. I think he's kind of earned it. I think it's kind of like a player's league now to where we kind of help them out or they do the front offices as much as they can. And the Suns are kind of that way. You know, the James Jones has been really good in the front office, just really, you know, being just close knit in these, in these uh, just, relationships with these players and just making sure that they get what's due to them. And I think this is kind of one of those situations where Chris Paul is going to make money because I mean, he gave us a lot and I don't think we're going to do anything cheap to him. Right. I think it's the right move for the guy. I really do. And, and to your point, I think that it shows class of the organization to operate in this manner and to allow him to make that decision. Yeah. I'll come back to Phoenix on a veteran minimum deal uh, and I'll do a solid because you're doing me a solid. You're allowing me an opportunity to play the market, see what my true market value is. And then based on what that market value is, I can make a decision as to whether or not I want to be a member of the Phoenix Suns moving forward or if I want to capitalize on that one last contract. And by doing it here on June 7th, he gives himself some time to potentially start some conversations. Now, we know that there's you know, the moratorium and things of that nature. Uh, but as uh, but as a free agent, you know, he's going to have the ability to really start to reach out to some people and put some feelers out there. Uh, coach Evan B, host of the He's on Fire podcast, is in the chat. Thanks, Coach, for hanging out with us. Great question. He goes, does it count as dead cap money or does it go towards thresholds slash aprons? My understanding is it goes towards those thresholds slash aprons. So that three point one eight million dollars that the Suns most likely will stretch over the nice the next five seasons will count towards your your ultimate uh, overall threshold and, and and money towards the the cap and those aprons that the, the sons are going to have to strategically have to navigate now the other thought process here is I, I wonder matthew do you think that there's any buzz around the phoenix suns in the league and and when i when i mean buzz i mean it's clear that matt ishby has come in here he's a mover and a shaker you got Devin Booker, who's respected in, in league circles. you got Kevin Durant, who's highly, highly respected mm -hmm. in league circles. Do you think that there's some buzz out there that, that members of the organization are hearing that there's going to be a bunch of guys who are going to be interested in joining this team uh, on those veteran minimum deals and just want to come and be a part of something special? And knowing that the Phoenix Suns are sitting there and saying, okay, we can part ways with Chris Paul and we're, gonna, we're getting ready to enter – the draft free agency and the trade market without a, a starting point guard in this team, knowing that potentially somebody out there uh, might've already tipped their hand a little bit and said, yo, I'm interested. <laughs> you mean that stuff happens behind the scenes? Yeah. It mm. happens all the time. Um, I think Suns have been that destination for the past three years, really since Chris Paul got here and Monty Williams. But now, I mean, they see how book plays and they even see how the Miami heat play with a guy like Jimmy Butler. And they maybe think like, Hmm, Booker's maybe kind of that guy, right? He can be that guy to lead a team to a championship because he's just, He's going to put in endless effort every day, every game. And they see that, of course. And you have, you have KD too. But I just think the, fran the, the franchise right now is a good spot where guys want to come. But I'm just thinking on my side of things. I'm like, yeah, mm -hmm. players probably want to come. Things were probably said. But it's just like who we have right now. And if DA can turn around, it's kind of like, yeah, you can get the veteran minimums if you want. But I just don't th I think we have enough now to really compete next year, even if we're surrounded with the smaller contracts. Um, 
I think with just those two, you can get some guys over here definitely that want to play with them and be in Phoenix, but I just don't think it matters as much anymore. I think you got some good role players that you can, you can add here. But other than that, like, I'm not looking for any more big names, really. I don't know. I think it's because of the way the finals is right now with these with these two teams. It's like, all right, well, what else do we really need to win a championship? It's up to those two dudes, right? Depth. We need depth. We saw Definitely it. Definitely depth, yeah. And that's going to be the challenge like, with this team moving forward. You have to pay a lot for it, though. You have you, to pay a lot of money for that depth. You're going to have to pay something. You're going to have to pay something. And, and again, as, as mentioned before, we're already over the luxury tax. We're already in it with just three players. Like, that's the challenge. That with the new CBA, that's the challenge with this team is that you can't build, 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 build because eventually you're going to hit that threshold and that threshold, that second tax apron just cuts your legs off and doesn't allow you to do a lot of things. And you got to trade DA mechanically, DA has to but be gone, potentially, right? potentially. And that's going to be something obviously, you know, here I am teasing a podcast that we haven't even uh, put on the board yet, but on Monday we're going to be doing trade machine DeAndre Ayton and just exploring kind of what options and contracts are out there. If, if the Suns were to move off from DA and I, a big part of that podcast is I do want to talk about a lot of the things that Frank Vogel said yesterday because Frank Vogel was very adamant in talking about how the center position and a rim protector is something that is vital to how his system works, his defensive system works. And you have that in DA. And after hearing him talk about what he wants to implement here in Phoenix and how he wants us to be dogs, it's it was almost this dichotomy of, I need, I need some guys to be dogs. I need them to be rim protectors. And we got one of those here, but at the same time, it's like, yeah, but we've seen that DA isn't necessarily a dog. So it's like, is, is he, is he saying this to the press in an effort to kind of say, oh, hey, this, yeah. is, this is what I want. And I don't think that this guy is yeah. it, or is this what I want? I think that this guy could be that it's a whole nother thing, but going back to Chris Paul, John Gambadoro uh, responded to Chris Haynes' tweet a little bit ago. He said the Suns were never going to pay him $30 million for the season. Only options were to, ra- to waive and re-sign for vets minimum or waive and stretch in which he could not come back to the Suns. So that's the other side of this, I guess, is you know if you waive and stretch him, yeah, can he not come back to the Suns? And Chris Haynes said Chris Paul plans to play several more years and is eager to help a team contend for a championship, sources say. So... You know, you you look at the good side. You know, well, let, let, let's talk a little bit about the Chris Paul legacy here in Phoenix, right? I mean, it feels like just yesterday that Flex was Jer- Flex from Jersey was out there, you know, putting out that information that Chris Paul could potentially become coming to the Phoenix Suns prior to that 2020-2021 season. It was November. The season started late, as we all recalled. Uh, he ended up coming here. Uh, he was 35 years old then in his three seasons with the Phoenix Suns, 194 games. He's averaged 15.1 points per game, which if you look at the five teams that he's played with, that is the lowest of his career. Uh, 9.5 assists along the way. He shot 48% from the field and 36.6% from beyond the arc. When you look at Chris Paul and, and the legacy that he's left here in Phoenix, what comes to mind, Matthew? Oh, it's another step. I think when Ricky Rubio was here with the whole Valley Boys thing, that was the first step to really get in a good atmosphere here. Um, Chris Paul was the next step. I think it came a lot sooner where we almost reached that step with a championship a lot quicker than we thought it would happen. Oh, yeah. Uh, we, of course, did not make that. But the big step that he brought here where you can argue Coach Monty or or Chris Paul, which one of them really changed the franchise. Chris Paul, they, they just go hand in hand. I think Chris Paul did – an absolute tremendous job here in Phoenix. I think that he became the best point guard if you want to put him alongside Jason Kidd or Steve Nash, or even if I throw KJ in there, but a guy that like you can just say was the best point guard here in Phoenix. But now that's so it's over so quickly. It's like 
now it's like, well, is he even maybe that because of the way he was injured in the playoffs, how he just, he hurt us in that way. No offense to him at all. I'm just saying like, it just sucks where we had these good, good years with him and we had a great potential in the playoffs to really just make it to the championship and win it. But it just, it fell short too many times. And when you think about it, it's like, I wish we had more years with him. I wish he could have been healthy because we were just snubbed every year. It seemed like, except for the first big year, but even then, I don't know, maybe he was hurt too. And he did get hurt the first year, but in the finals, maybe he was, but I just, I wish it would have just, you know, lived out without the the injuries, but it's just, that's the way it happened. And you can't change it obviously. And the way he ends his legacy here in Phoenix is just that big step that we needed mm-hmm. to get back on the map and be the ultimate, you know, spot for players to come to it's it's phoenix now right it's maybe even over la who knows that's how i see it yeah chris paul's addition to the roster back in november of 2020 was validity it was the first time that somebody a big name forced their way to phoenix in years years decade decade and a half probably and when we had chris paul and again he was 35 and I'll never forget, I wrote that piece for Brightside where I'm like, is this the right move? And I gave all the reasons why it was the wrong move, and then he instantly took us to the finals, and I was just like, well, I'm a jackass. But I appreciate what he did bring to this team. I appreciate what he brought to this franchise, his level of competitiveness. I think that the impact that he had on Devin Booker while as a teammate and what Devin Booker will carry forward will be something that is unquantifiable Mm -hmm. moving forward for Devin Booker's career and hopefully – uh, for the rest of his time with the Phoenix Suns as he retires here as well. He taught him what a true comp- competitor is. He taught him the, more of the cerebral aspects of the game. He taught him how to control his emotions. Devin Booker was a highly emotional player prior to Chris Paul. We've really seen him mm-hmm. you know, be a lot more under control. So the Chris Paul era, if you will, the Valley Boys era, the Valley era, the Valley Jersey era is, is the Chris Paul era. It's something that we will all appreciate when we look back, but at the set, but at the same time, you know, as you mentioned, it, it comes with some bad. It comes with some moments in which you 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 look back and you go, okay, uh, you know, he had the stinger in 2021. He had COVID in 2021. Uh, he had wrist surgery after the finals in 2021. Uh, in 2022, he what did he break his finger, or his hand, or something right around the All Star break. Uh, you know, strain growing this year. So one of those fears that I had mentioned in that article all those all those years ago was the injury history of Chris Paul. Well, it, it continued here. And did it prevent us from winning a championship? Who knows if that's a, a yes or a no, but it's definitely a factor as to why this team didn't complete the ultimate goal in his time here and during his tenure here. Yeah, it is. Uh, I wonder, I'm not so disappointed right now just because of where he got us on the map. But I mm-hmm. love how you brought up the Devin Booker thing. Cause that's huge. I think I was even thinking about yesterday. I'm like a farewell piece. Like if we were to write it, you know what I mean? It would have to deal with, you know, the maturity of Devin Booker and how big of a part it was, you know, that he was here and to help him get through that. Cause that was one of our biggest things. And on the pod was just him and the way he handled things and not being a leader. So he really got him to that next step. And that's, that's the most appreciative thing that I can have because Booker will be ultimately the best son of all time currently is but chris paul's a big factor in that so i'll ask you this question i know it's it's too yes. soon to ask this question and, and get a, a, a proper answer if you will we probably have to put some distance between the chris paul era in phoenix but where does he rank relative to greatest point guards in the history of the franchise 
man, if they could have won that chip, that would have been number one for sure. Um, for me, ultimately, he'll probably be number two behind Steve Nash. But I don't know. I have to think about it because there's pods on here, and you guys probably go back where I'm saying Chris Paul's the best point guard we ever had, and I did say that. So right now, I'm just like maybe Steve Nash is ahead for me, but honestly, he mm-hmm. can be just one A, one B with Steve Nash. So shout out to Libertarian Sasquatch in the chat, $1.99 in the super chat. Thank you for supporting the podcast. He asks, is he the best if he can't play in the big moments? That's a valid question. Yeah. And and I'll say this when it comes to Chris Paul. I think if you look at the totality of a career, Chris Paul is the best point guard to ever play in Phoenix. Was he the best point guard in the history of Phoenix Suns while in Phoenix? I don't think so. I think Steve Nash won two MVPs here. I think Kevin Johnson transformed this team in this franchise. And had he not got hurt in the, in the playoffs back in, what, 94, uh, we potentially could have won that one. And he was banged up in 93 as well. Uh, I think it goes Nash kj and then i gave it to chris paul during his tenure and then jason kidd i think that's kind of my my mount rushmore of uh phoenix suns point guards yeah no i don't think anybody can really uh, argue with that right now it's just kind of weird it's kind of weird because you went up so quickly and all of a sudden you know it's fizzling down you know crazy now yeah it's a quick turnaround so you know, obviously, we'll talk about it more as as the up, um, upcoming days progress and more news kind of comes off uh, off around this information. You know, but but last thoughts before we get out of here. Chris Paul waved by the Phoenix Suns. CP3 no more. You know, somebody's going to take that three jersey as soon as they can. Everybody loves that. Wasn't that Kelly Oubre's jersey number? <laughs> yeah. Yep, that's a hot one. Who's going to take it? It is. It's gonna be Fred Van Vliet, Tyree, right? It's funny, like you know, I, I, some of my buddies are texting me, and you're like, "Oh, Fred Van Vliet on the way." I'm like, "Dude, like the mechanics, just or the the math does does doesn't make sense. Doesn't make sense." I don't think we get a big point guard, man. I think this is, is the last. So here, so here's a question. So here's a question. Um, Cameron Payne, is he the new starting point guard for the Phoenix Suns? Oh, that's huge for six million a year. Oh. Oh, don't do that to me right now. Are we that talented that we're going to roll the dice on Cameron oh, Payne? I don't know. I don't know. Ugh, uh, indeed. I don't know. Carlos uh, Merriman, Merriman, excuse me, says Marbury. Yeah, Marbury was my favorite. I was a big fan I of Marbury. Marbury. I yeah. loved Marbury too, but he's not – I don't even know if he's top five. No, I think I think not. I can – he might be six. I think I can think of one more point guard before – I mean, you go back like Dennis Johnson, Paul Westfall, all those are – you know more of the shooting guard dick van arsdale i mean there's some great point guard this is mm-hmm. a point guard franchise like that's what this is and that's what was missing all those years between steve nash and chris paul name off our point guards isaiah canaan you know uh, yeah. uh who, who's the real tyler useless like this was a franchise without a point guard for so long once we got one back all of a sudden we became relevant again sb 1933 says malcolm brogdon that is a possibility again there's going to be mechanics uh, and this is where potentially a, a DeAndre Ayton trade, you might have to do it to where you're bringing back a quality point guard, and then you're trying to piece up the front court. So it's like, how are the Suns going to navigate this offseason? Are they going to go, we need to, we need to prioritize our front court or our back court? And it looks like so far they're, they're prioritizing their front court, and they're yeah. going to try to piece together yeah. their back court. Yeah, and like honestly – Having book as point book and you have KD, I'm not too worried about it. Um, when you said Cameron Payne, yeah, oh, well, yikes there, but <laughs> it, it might be something where it's a Cameron Payne ish kind of player, and that might be all we can do. Um, even Roy, 
Ender or Ali, sorry. Terry, uh, Terry Rozier. Hmm. Not bad. I don't know. I don't think it's going to be anybody big. I did say Kyrie before, but not if we're keeping Nathan for sure. And now that Chris Paul's just going to actually have the 15 million on the books. No. Well, if they stretch it, it's going to help. But again, you look at like Terry Rozier, even for example, that guy's making $23.2 million this year and he's, you know, 24 next year and then partially guaranteed the next year. So even Rozier, it's, there's a lot of money I play here. And like, we've talked about it before. And I think the, the, the second tax apron, you know, the app, the, the one where I like to say that you're going to be standing in the kitchen with nothing but your tax apron on is like 179. Right. And we're at 134. We got, we got, you know, some, we got some wiggle room before we hit those restrictions. We don't have much though. And it's going to be really, you you know, that the Suns and James Jones and Matt Ishby are having these really deep, they're, they're sitting in boardrooms down here in downtown Phoenix. And they're literally just, just banging away these numbers and trying to figure out strategically how you put the puzzle together. That's going to be the 2023, 2024 Phoenix suns. But we know one thing that one member of that puzzle will not be. We're not going to be able to play that very much anymore. That's going to be the the interesting thing going into next season is all the new drops we have to make Matthew. (laughs) You have to make. Yeah. (laughs) It was funny. I had dinner, uh, Sunday night, you were talking about the new one you wanted to do um, for, for Frank Vogel. Frank Vogel, my bad. Yeah. And I just was laughing my ass off. Get ready, yeah. Jamsters. Oh, yeah. They're coming. You, they're you coming they're, for you. You know they're this coming. The season's around the corner. <laughs> all new drops, all coming. I'm just sitting here thinking, thinking, thinking. So on that note, Jamsters, again, thank you to everybody who has tuned in live or is listening or watching at a later time. We truly appreciate it. Make sure you follow the show at Suns Jam on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok. I don't know. Did you see the news TikTok that we put out today, Matthew? I did not. It's the one with all the jerseys that I designed over the past like I saw that on Twitter. It looks really cool. Yeah, Thank you. If you guys haven't checked it out, Jamsters, go look at it. It looks uh, legit. All the jerseys are there. Go rank them. Whatever you, you want to do with them. It, it's so funny. Put them funny. on your Barbies. It's, You're it's, supposed to print them out and put them on your Barbies? Yeah. You put them on your Ken dolls or your Barbie dolls, whichever ones you want to do. Just print them out, cut them out. It's like yeah. paper dolls, you know, same concept. But <clears throat> it's just one of those weird things where I always Google. I don't always, but like from time to time you Google, you know, Phoenix Suns jersey history. And it's just kind of splotted together and and not a lot of it really necessarily makes sense. And so I was like, you know what? The Suns aren't playing. I got some time on my hands. I'm going to graphically design all of the Phoenix Suns jerseys in their history and this in kind of the same format. So it, it just looks nice at the eye. And I put it out there. The first thing is like, you ever seen Christmas Vacation? It's like the little lights, they're not tweakling, Clark. It's like, I know, Art. Thanks for noticing. Like, I put it out, then everybody's like, well, where are the gray-sleeved ones? Where's the orange-sleeved ones? I'm like, oh, my God, I didn't do, like, two jerseys. And everyone's, like, posting pictures of Eric Bledsoe in the in the gray jerseys. Yeah. I'm like, I'm like, those don't count, in my opinion. The whole Adidas area, no. era sucked. Uh, but, yeah, I, I forget why I was going on that tangent. Oh, yeah, but, yeah, follow us on Twitter, because you'll see that kind of fun, that fun content. <laughs> And uh, yeah, subscribe, rate, and review. If you're listening to this on yeah, Apple Podcasts, we haven't had an, uh, a review on Apple Podcasts since like April. Come on, Jamsters. Come on. Bored. I know it's hard. It's another offseason with no championship. But yeah, I know. Give Just us some love. Give us, some, give us five stars. So on that note, Jamsters, we're going to go ahead and get out of here. We're going to be doing our next podcast on Friday where we go through all of the free agent shooting guards that are going to be available on the market. Cool. Going to be interesting. Going to be interesting. Yeah. No. Not very many options. What should they do, Matthew? There it is.